You're listening to the Back Home Network, presented by Homefield Apparel. And welcome, Hoosier fans, to another disappointed and pretty concerned episode of the Assembly Call as today your Indiana Hoosiers fall on the road in East Lansing to Michigan State 76 to 70 or 76 to 61 in a game that felt pretty familiar uh, actually for a game at Michigan State uh, over the past couple of decades, you know, where Indiana has some stretchers where they play okay. Uh, you know, make a couple of runs, uh, but ultimately, you know, Michigan State just too strong, uh, you know, and they were able to to deliver the decisive blows there in the second half. Uh, and Indiana really just seemed like a team that didn't have a whole lot of answers. And then over the final 10 minutes kind of looked a little bit unhinged, uh, you know, with Mike Woodson going on the court after A.J. Hogard and Xavier Johnson struggling to keep his composure. Um, you know, we are only five halves of basketball from being at the halftime of that Illinois game, you know, where Indiana has weathered foul trouble with Trace Jackson Davis, you're right in the game. We're thinking, hey, we might actually be in the Big Ten race here. And five halves later, it feels like a program, a season that is teetering on the brink and a program that doesn't have a whole lot of answers right now. Uh, with everything seeming discombobulated, with players getting suspended, uh, and, you know, certainly an offense uh, that just doesn't seem to have a rudder uh, right now, especially on the road. And so this loss drops Indiana to 16-8, and 7-7 seven and seven in conference play. Certainly everything is still there uh, for this team to make the NCAA tournament and do a lot of the things they wanted to do before the season started. Uh, but we now have that all-too-familiar February feeling uh, where the season just seems to be teetering out of control. And somehow, somebody, some way is going to have to steer it back on the road. I'm your host, Jared Morris. I'm here with Ryan Phillips. We're going to break this game down for you here on this edition of the Assembly Call IU Postgame Show. And let's start the way that we start every show. And that is with our banner moment. I think there's really only one place to go here, and that is to the 15-58 mark of the second half, where Race Thompson makes a three-pointer and puts Indiana up 41-40. to And I think at that point, everybody's feeling pretty good. You know, Indiana had, you know, they were down in the first half. They battled back to tie it up. Race went out with foul trouble there the final few minutes of the first half, and Michigan State went on a seven-point run. And I think, you know, we were all rightfully concerned about how the team would come out at the start of the second half, given the struggles that they have had. But this new starting lineup, you know, with Trey Galloway, had a decent start at the beginning of the game, had a really good start at the start of the second half to go on that 11-3 to run. Uh, and Race Thompson, you know, was by far Indiana's best player today. Uh, you know, he wasn't able to make a huge impact on the game over the final 10 minutes, uh, but he was the biggest reason that they were in it up until that point. He had 13 points, 14 rebounds, just seemed to be coming out of nowhere to get rebounds, a block, three steals, uh, and was just everywhere doing everything. You know, for a while there, uh, was reminding me of the performance that Victor Oladipo delivered in 2013, where he just did a little bit of everything uh, to give Indiana the victory. The difference, of course, is that Victor had a lot of teammates who stepped up that day, that night. Uh, and race didn't uh, today, you know, outside of a couple of guys. Um, and, you know, ultimately, you know, as Michigan State went on the run, Indiana just didn't have enough to counter uh, there in the second half. But at least for the first few minutes, it felt good. Uh, you know, race makes that three. And uh, but that was certainly the high point because it was pretty much all downhill from there uh, as Indiana would score just 20 more points and Michigan State would score 36 <laughs> from that point on uh, to win this game by 15 points. But hat tip to race for another just vintage race Thompson glue guy game. Uh, but unfortunately, it wasn't enough to keep his team in it. 
down the stretch. All right, our banner moment, as always, brought to you by our friends at Home Field Apparel. And our friends at Home Field Apparel are now in their fifth season of sponsoring the Assembly Call and their first as the presenting sponsor for the Back Home Network. Those of you who were at the Switchyard event saw the debut of our new Back Home Network shirts uh, by uh, Home Field Apparel. I know we only had a few of them to give out, but they do have it up on their website now. I tweeted out the link. Uh, I'll tweet it out again here after the show. So go to uh, uh, our Twitter page, twitter.com slash assemblycall, and you will find the link for that shirt if you want to get the Back Home Network logo, our Bison logo, uh, on a shirt. And, you know, look, Home Field Apparel, they have the largest collection of vintage IU apparel anywhere for Indiana, for so many other schools. Uh, And so if you're looking for gear for yourself, for friends, for family members, that's the place to go because everything is comfortable. The colors are going to last through multiple washings and you're supporting an Indiana-based company that came up through Kelly uh, and is doing great things. What could be better than that? So go to homefieldapparel.com. Use our promo code HOME, H-O-M-E, to get 15% off your first order. That's promo code HOME for 15% off. Once again, the website, homefieldapparel.com. Wear one for the team. All right, well, it is time to move the ball, find the open man, and get some opening thoughts from the rest of our team. Uh, Ryan, unfortunately, our pessimistic uh, halftime text messages back and forth to each other about what we thought was going to happen in the second half uh, ultimately proved true despite the good start to the second half. So take it away, your rant. Yeah, I mean, look, Indiana's just not a good basketball team. I mean, it's just not a good ba- – we've learned that over the last three games. They're just not a good basketball team. They're not, they're not bad. They're not horrible. They're just not good. The offense I, – I don't know what the offense is trying to do. Other than force-feed Trace Jackson Davis, I don't know what Mike Woodson's system is trying to accomplish. Um, the perimeter players basically stand around. Maybe they exchange positions on the perimeter every once in a while, but they basically stand around waiting for the ball to come to them and either drive or fire up a flat-footed three-pointer. That's essentially the offense. And I know that, and I know you know what to expect from the offense because I watch NBA basketball, and that is what NBA teams do from the second quarter and the third quarter before you know the first and fourth, they do some dynamic stuff to get a lead, sort of get into the game, get warmed up. From the middle of the second quarter through the end of the third quarter, it's basically a drive and kick game or a toss it inside and kick out game. That is Indiana's offense. You, Tony Adranio was posting about it today. Everybody just stands around. There is no design. You know, occasionally they'll run something out of a dead ball or they'll, you know, Woodson will call something and run like a double screen for somebody and you get some movement, you get something happening. But in general, the default offense is everybody on the perimeter stands in their spot and you try it, you pass it around until you get an angle to feed trace. And then you basically wait for the ball to come to you. Sometimes there's a reversal and a guy will take a three or something. There's nothing going on. And there's a reason why, if you look at it statistically, this team, by the way, I think we will all agree, has more talent than Archie Miller ever had. I, I think so. I think that's true. He might Archie might have had a outside of the Romeo elite. year, but yeah, well, in the Romeo year, he had like an elite talent, but Romeo had some deficiencies and he was hurt too. So there's kind of an asterisk by that, asterisk by that. Um, but he has more talent than Archie Miller had for the most part. And his offense statistically is far worse than any of Archie's worst offenses which is scary because Archie's offenses, we complained about on here all the time about how awful they were. That's a scary thought, that the system with more talent is producing a worse offense. Now, I know they struggle with shooting. They struggle with free throws. They struggle with whatever. But those problems all existed for Miller as well. And somehow he had statistically better offenses. That's not to say that Woody's not a better coach than Archie Miller. I, I, don't, I, I think that he is, isn't a worse coach, I mean, than Archie Miller. I think Wood, Woody is a better coach. Than Archie Miller but his offense is a disaster 
And there's a reason you cannot run an NBA system in college because you do not have the players that you have in the NBA. You do not have the pure talent that you have in the NBA. You do not have the one-on-one ability that you have in the NBA. And the fact that we're this far in the season and he hasn't realized that and tried to design things to change it up really scares the crap out of me because this team is not good enough to just out-talent people. And that's essentially what an NBA offense does. Our talent's better than yours. We will beat you. And 90% of the time in the NBA, when you win, it's, especially in the postseason when it matters, it's because you're the better team, not because your system is so well-designed that it just beats people into submission. Sometimes a defensive system will do that, but for most part, everybody kind of runs the same things on offense in the NBA, versions of the same things. So the fact that Indiana, for three straight games, has just gotten manhandled. I mean, they have been out-toughed, out you know, they, they've showed less heart than the other teams. People keep saying with Woodson teams, and I agree, they play hard. They do play hard, but they're not very smart. They get out muscled. And when a team punches them in the mouth, as we saw under Miller, they wilt. Trace Jackson Davis struggles when people challenge him, and he struggled the last three games, which is scary because guess what? Northwestern, he should have dominated that game. Michigan State, they got some good players. He should have dominated that game. Michigan State, this Michigan State team is not very good for a Michigan State team. It's a down year for Michigan State, and they just absolutely bullied Indiana. Other than Race Thompson, nobody on this roster stepped up today and played as a tough guy. Nobody. I thought Tamar Bates had some stretches where he played pretty tough and played pretty well. Other yeah. than that, everybody else just wilted in the face of somebody stepping up to them. That's a three-game losing streak now. And Indiana is staring down the barrel of a five-game losing streak. You're 500 in the Big Ten. Right now, this is not a team that wants to make the NCAA tournament. It, they look like a team that does not care about making the NCAA tournament. And if Mike Woodson can't make the NCAA tournament in his first year, it is a disaster for the program. We have talked about that endlessly. You miss the NCAA tournament this year, it is a disaster that sets the program back even further. It, it, no, you and I are in total agreement on that. I think we got to be a little bit careful about saying that it's a team that doesn't care about making the NCAA tournament. No, because I don't mean. I but, don't mean. But, but here, but no, players. but there's a subtle difference. There's a subtle difference, and I think we we saw this under Archie too, which is Indiana gets in games like today, and you know they do play hard for stretches and they do fight for stretches, and there was toughness today. You know, Michigan State was doing some some tough stuff, and we were coming right back at them. There were fouls both ways, terrible officiating both ways. The problem is what I think is the reason why this Indiana team wilts is because they realize at some point that we don't have answers offensively and they it's like they it's like they get defeated because it's like we don't know what to do, you know, and so I don't think it's caring. I think it's just they don't have the answers to actually beat a team like Michigan State to beat a team like Northwestern, you know, and, you know, I will say with Trace Jackson Davis. You know, I thought he was better in the second half. I thought he came out playing much harder in the second half. I agree. You know, I, I tweeted at one point in the first half, like, what's wrong with him? He's just not moving up and down the court. You know, he got burned in pick and rolls. He got burned in transition a couple of times. Like, if you had told me that he's hurt or his hip is still bothering him, I would have believed it because that's how he was running. You know, but you saw him move in the second half, and it's clearly it was just a, an attitude thing, a mental thing. And, you know, I think offensively, Ryan, you know, it's just it's becoming clear that building an offense around Trace Jackson Davis on the block in the Big Ten is a losing proposition. This is the third year we've seen it. 
Trace does things well. When the offense was predicated more on him as a screener and a cutter, things worked a little bit better. But when it was just Trace on the block, try to back guys down, Marcus Bingham is seven foot and is like 10th in the country in block percentage. You know, Julius Marble is like a big, tough guy that Trace isn't just going to be able to move. This isn't Marshall, you know? And so I just think it's every possession that we do that, you know, and Trace was five of 13 today, another inefficient day. You know, he's trying to get points down there, but we just, the biggest flaw in our offense is its basic design, which is built around him. He's a really good player and we're not playing to the stuff that he's the best at. And we don't have any answers or counters or creativity to do something different. And what, what this year reminds me of, and it's, it's just, I know Rob is hurt right now, but it reminds me of almost like how Rob's career, how like you'd see glimpses and you're like, oh, he's better. And then the next three games, you're like, oh, it's the same. And that's what this, this season feels like. It feels like you won it, you beat Purdue and it felt like, oh my gosh, this is a new day for the program. And then you get destroyed by Michigan, just absolutely destroyed. And then you come back and you start, you win a couple games and you're like, okay, maybe Michigan was an aberration. And then you get this stretch where it's like, oh no, we're back where we, nothing has actually improved from last year to this year. You know, I mean, the defense is better, you know, from last year to this year. That, that's pretty much it. But, but, but everything else with new players, there are new players. There are guys playing new roles. There are guys who are a year older who should be better. And a lot of these guys are the same as they were last year. You know, they really are. You see subtle, you know, changes and improvements like Race Thompson can hit a three a little bit more than he did last year. I mean, Race is great. Don't get me wrong. I'm just giving an example of like little improvements here. There. Trady Galloway isn't as out of control as he was last year, but he still can't hit a three to save his life. He's, you know, again, like they are different players, same program, different players, different staff, everything. Same program, same failings. Can't make free throws to save your life. Uh, can't hit open threes. And, and there's new players. There's different players and a different staff, and it's the same problems. And I get people saying, well, these are Archie's players. Wait till Woodson gets his players. If Woodson runs this offense with any players he gets, unless he's getting seven five-stars like Kentucky, I'm sorry. It's not going to be that much better. Okay, but that's the thing. He's not. Like, that's the thing with this season is well, when, when you here, – here's the thing, Ryan. You know, when you recruit Trace Jackson Davis as a five-star – you're recruiting him to be the centerpiece of your offense. Of course. When the new coach comes in and gets Trace to come back, he's getting him back to be the centerpiece of the offense. Now, part of that formula was supposed to be Trace expanding his game. But what I'm saying is they've got this offense built around a guy who can't do the things he's being asked to do. And so I'm I'm concerned. Hold on. Hold on. I'm concerned. I'm concerned about the lack of creativity and the lack of answers this year. That is a macro concern. But I'm... I'm not going to overreact to it because I don't think we'll see an offense like this. I don't think he's going to build an offense around a post player that can't really play in the post against good Big Ten defenses. It's a losing proposition. Just because he's in there doesn't mean that it has to be back to the basket, throw him the ball. He could be out of the floor. That's what I'm saying. That's why that lack of creativity is very concerning to me. And and the the other thing I'll say is when he's on the bench, the offense is still stagnant. You know, there are times they move a little bit more because there's more, it's more spread out. But in general, the offense is still stagnant when he's on the bench. We talked about it early in the season when those first five would go out and you'd have the backup five and they had no idea what they were doing on offense. And so I, I'm, I'm just worried that, you know, we're going to be back to doing what we did with Archie Miller saying, hire an offensive coordinator, hire somebody who knows how to run a college offense. Like, cause, cause this isn't working. 
it isn't working no matter who's on the floor. When Trace is out with foul trouble, they do get a little bit more movement, but it's not a lot. It's not a lot. And, and you know, you watch Purdue play. Purdue is constantly running something. They're constantly setting screens for their to get their best players and their shooters offense. They're constantly screening block to block with their big guys to get them, you know, get a mismatch. They're constantly running things. It's not just, uh, you know, I, like today during the game, they ran a they ran a perimeter weave like three times, and they're like, oh, there's some movement offensively. It's like that's what you that's all you're getting for movement offensively is a a perimeter weave. The thing we yelled about Archie Miller running for four years, like I mean, it's. You've got to find something else. And, and at this point of the season, the fact that we're seeing the same things run over and over and over again, and it's clearly not working, that's what's concerning to me in the macro. I mean, yes. you can, it, there's, nothing, there's nothing about this game particularly that's different than the Illinois game. It's different than the Northwestern game. They just got pushed around and bullied and did not play well. And I get the, the Illinois or the, the Northwestern game has, a, has an asterisk by it because they're missing five guys. But still, the problems were the same. They got bullied. They got bullied. They were not tougher than the other team, and they lost. Against Purdue, they were tougher than Purdue. They played smarter than Purdue. They bullied Purdue on their home floor. And so the fact that you completely wilted in the second half against Illinois, had got had enough talent to beat Northwestern, because Northwestern is not a good basketball team, had enough talent to beat them. I know those guys were exhausted. But they got that wasn't a we got tired late and Northwestern took advantage. They got pushed around in the second half of that. I mean, game. it kind of was though. That is part of that is no, part of the issue. That's why in the they game. No, that's Let's why just... they couldn't come back. But they were already behind. I mean, you know, I mean, they they the fact that Trace couldn't dominate that game is concerning. I agree. For long that. term, are are they going to make the tournament? I mean, do you, right now this team playing the way it is? Do you think they make the tournament? Well, of course they're not playing the way they are. And so, I mean, just based on recent history, my my optimism is way down. But yeah, I also look, I always thought this team was going to go 11 9. And I kind of feared that there would be a stretch like this. And the thing is, now they come home, they play Wisconsin on Tuesday that just got beat at home by Rutgers. Everyone can beat Wisconsin in the Cole Center but us. And they come back, that's going to be a winnable game. And they can get the season right back going again sure, if they winnable. win that game. You know, so I think we got to be careful. You know, we come in here after these games, we're very raw. The first segment can always be a little bit emotional, you know. And, and there are valid concerns. Don't get me wrong. There are valid concerns. But, you know, I think there are going to be unique concerns this year because the offense is built around Trace Jackson Davis that may not project forward for Mike Woodson because I don't think he's ever going to structure a roster this way again. So Maybe I not. agree with you. I'm very concerned about just, you know, like why Parker Stewart played so many minutes today. It didn't make sense to me. You know, why we don't try new things. So I, I agree with all of that stuff. But... I do just want to be careful that we don't make any that we don't jump to conclusions about a coach in his first season when he's feeling guys out. He's sure. feeling the no, league out a lot of things because we expected growing pains from Mike Woodson in his first season. And I'm talking so I just want to remind season. us of that. Okay. When I talk about I'm talking about this season and this roster, this roster is too talented. I'm sorry. We can say there's deficiencies. It's too talented. We should be better than this. We should be better yes, than this. Much yes. better. And that's my concern is that this roster has enough talent to be comfortably in the NCAA tournament and is a bubble team and may given what's coming up the, the 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 schedule does not get easier 
And, you know, it's not like this, okay, back end, we've got North, Nebraska twice. We've got Penn State at home. We've got yeah, we that home game against that. Rutgers isn't looking so, it's not looking so friendly anymore. No, <laughs> they got to go to the barn too. They never play well at the barn. Now that, look that, this- that narrative is done. We've played well there the last five or six years. That's true. The barn is it, not- always hard. To, it's always hard to play on the road in the Big Ten. We'll say that. Yes. Yes. Um, <laughs> but I mean, yeah, that's what concerns me is this team. Now, look, I don't know what Mike Woods is going to look like next year. Uh, I, I don't. I'm concerned the fact that he hasn't adjusted as much as he probably should have this year. And I'm concerned with some in-game decisions. Like again, Parker Stewart, one of nine today, one of seven from three and one of six from the free throw line. Yet you leave him out there for 27 minutes. I mean, clearly the crowd was bothering him. The atmosphere was bothering him. Michigan state was bothering him. Like he did not look comfortable at all. This entire game left him out there. Miller cop pretty much an interchangeable piece with, with, Parker Stewart played 12 minutes. You had another guy to go to if you needed a shooter on the that. floor. And I guess what? That. Miller Cop can make his free throws. At the very least, he can make his free throws. Um, so yeah, I I did not understand that. And Miller Cop is a little better defensively, quite frankly. And I, I just yeah, I, I, I look, don't I don't get that. You know, when you're here's the thing. Like, if you just like if you're if you don't really understand the context of the season and you're zooming out, it's like, okay, Indiana's down by 10 plus in the second half. Of course you leave your best shooter in to take shots. The problem is given that Parker was just suspended, he was one of nine from the field and one of six from the free throw line. He didn't have it today. He was just, he didn't have it. And so at some point, you know, Miller cop, he made his first shot. You only got a couple after that, that technical foul. One of the leaders on on the team hasn't been suspended. You know, that technical foul was ridiculous too. They, they bumped into each other. Give me a break. Anyway, um, well, the yeah, that, that the, didn't make the that didn't make a lot of sense. Hor- to me. The officiating was horrific today, but fine. It was bad. Well, yeah. Um, no, I, I, there's just, there are some, those decisions concern me in the macro long term view of the program. Like, this is some, and again, I think Mike Woodson will adjust to the college game. I've said it before, and, and people think I'm crazy for saying this, but call it college basketball to the NBA is the difference between baseball and softball. I mean, they're completely different games. The rules are different. The types of players are different. The ball is different. Like, it's a different game, completely. That's why you see the players who dominate college basketball, who you love to watch, go to the NBA and are bench players. Sorry about Ty, uh, what's his name? Uh, your, your favorite guy from Virginia. What's his name? Ty Jerome, baby. Ty Jerome. I, I, yeah, Ty Jerome. It's, it's what happens, Jared. The I'm legend. Sorry. The legend. The legend. Ty Jerome. Jerome. It's, he's getting an NBA paycheck. Yeah, but I mean, he's you know he's not leading the team, you know, and and it's, it's okay. It, it, it's because the game is different, and so it was always going to take time for Woodson to like figure that out. Um, I I don't love all the things I'm hearing out of the program. I, I but at the same time, it's like it'll take time to to figure that out and to adjust. I get that, but this team. There's no doubt that this team should be much better than it is. It absolutely there is too much talent on this team to be a bubble team or this to team miss is, the isn't even that far removed from playing much better. Like I said, at halftime of the Illinois game, so what's things happening? were really looking up. Yep. I'm telling you, man, we were at that game. I think I think I texted you in the moment, or I told you about it right afterwards. You know, as they came out of halftime, I was like, what is wrong yeah. with them? Like yeah. something just You're looked do at home against a good team. And ever and since then, it's all been downhill. So I'm starting to think that maybe my eyes weren't playing tricks on me and something, something happened. Yeah, something's going on with this team. I don't know what it is. I like, I know the guys got suspended, whatever, <laughs> but this was before that, like, you know, and, 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 uh, yeah, uh, actually, I'm no, I'm in my, I'm in my parents' guest room, guys. I'm not in the airplane. Back if, you're, if you're, if you're listening on the podcast, 
the uh, the comment of the chat so far. Brian asking, "Is Ryan in an airplane bathroom?" <laughs> no, guys, I'm in a temporary living situation. I'm trying to find the best place to do the podcast, and right now we are going to get him a chair. mic. We are going to get him yeah. a mic again at some point. We'll fi- we'll figure it out. Um, oh, so God. yeah, I, there are there are issues with this team, and and the fact that again, you know, when you look at it, you project what's who's probably going to leave and who's coming back and and whatever, and just. You know, we don't know because there are lots of questions with the extra year of eligibility for a lot of guys. But let's let's just say the guys who have been here the longest and and are veterans and kind of seniors leave. I'm not sure you're better next year. I don't know how you get better next year. You need to you need to have a hell of a run in the transfer portal getting a big guy because you don't have there's really one have guy a big... you really need to stay, and, and then you race. get a chance to be better next year. If Ray Thompson stays, they have a chance to be better. Next hold that year. hold that thought. Um, because I'm going to do something that I don't like to do on this show uh, at the beginning of the next segment. <sighs> I'm going to give you credit for something. <clears throat> wow. I know. All right, coming up as we continue our breakdown of Indiana's disappointing loss in East Lansing, we'll point out today's meaningful moments you might have missed. I don't know. We'll probably talk about some numbers. And then uh, we'll talk about other lingering questions facing this program. You're listening to The Assembly Call. Stick with us. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. (sighs) Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hey guys, it's Gene Steratore, CBS officiating analyst and retired Big Ten basketball official. You know I have never listened to the assembly call, and to be honest, I don't intend to. But if you listen, make sure you ignore anything Ryan says about officiating. He's really good from the seat of his pants, but I wouldn't trust him on the court with a whistle around his neck. Time has proven him wrong on virtually everything. Take care. We'll talk soon. Kind of wish Gene Steratore had been there today. This uh, today's crew needed a little Gene Steratore. I would agree uh, with that. Yeah, I like man. Gene. I don't know what he has against me, but you know, I like Gene. I do too. He was reading a script. Uh, you're I listening know. to the Assembly Call. I'm Jared Morris here with Ryan Phillips. We're breaking down Indiana's 15 point loss to Michigan State and what it means uh, for the present and future uh, of this team and season. And uh, Ryan, it is time for meaningful moments that you might. So meaningful moment. I'm going back to the first half, um, you know, because Indiana had a pretty decent start. Um, you know, like they basically played Michigan State kind of neck and neck, you know, through the first like seven, eight minutes of the game with Trey Galloway starting. And that's all we've been asking for, you know, starts at the beginning of the first half and second half. Just don't dig yourself a big hole. That worked today. Um, I think the starting lineup change worked. I think it was clear they needed to do it. Um, so just because they changed the starting lineup and lost by 15 doesn't mean that didn't work. It was a smart decision. It worked. 
Yeah, that but was you know, but Michigan State, you know, went on a run there in the first half, and it really felt like Indiana was in a danger zone of what happened at the end of the second half happening in the first half and getting away from them big time. So it's twenty five seventeen, and Race Thompson just made an incredible defensive play. Uh, first, he was out like at the elbow, and he stripped. I think Hauser, uh, Indiana, almost got a steal, but Michigan State got it back. Uh, and then the ball ended up over with Max Christie in the corner. Race hustles over to him, blocks the shot, creates a transition opportunity. Uh, Indiana actually missed the the breakaway. You texted, why is Trey Galloway trying to dunk that? He should have just been laying it in. Race Thompson, it in. Thompson hustles again to get it, ends up getting fouled um, and, you know, made a free throw. And that seemed to kind of give Indiana a little spark. You know, a few possessions later, Trace had an and one. Parker Stewart hit his one three soon after. That made it 25 to 24. But it was all there in this, you know, in this play made by Race Thompson, who, you know, when Indiana was in this game, they were in it because it was like Race Thompson was just willing them to not lose. You know, and Seth Davis, I remember a week ago, you know, was, you know, at tweeted out asking for glue guy recommendations. If you have a glue guy team and Race Thompson isn't on your all glue guy team, I don't know what you're doing. Um, because Race Thompson has been incredible. And so, you know, here's where I'm gonna give you credit, Ryan. I don't remember when this was. It was some I think it was in November, maybe early December, you know, when Indiana was just running through its cupcake schedule. Trace did look better, I thought, you know, he, he seemed dominated. to show an expanded offensive game. He was you know, he goes for 43 against Marshall. Like there were reasons to be optimistic. And I don't remember when it was, but we had a big debate where you said Race Thompson is the team's most important player. And I was like, no, Trace Jackson Davis is this team's most important player. Like, let's not, let's not get, let's not overthink this. Um, and I think what has happened as this season has played out is you have been proven correct on that. Thank um, you very much. I appreciate And that. it's true. It's true. Um, and I think it's, it's obvious, you know, this team, and, you know, again, I've, I've really tried to explain the nuance of this. I don't want to rag on Trace. I think Trace no. is a really good player who's being asked to do things he's not very good at. Now, the 100%. things that he wants to do, like I think he, you know, he wants that level of attention and wants to be an All-American and wants to be the go-to guy. So it doesn't absolve him of the blame. But part of that is I would really like to see him in a situation that really plays to his strengths. And this one isn't. So for Jared, whatever reason. But Race Thompson... Game in, game out is the rock that this team counts on. And add in his three-point shooting, you know, he's become better in the post as a scorer. He's the guy that we could least afford to lose. And it's been proven in games like the Purdue game and the Illinois game when this team was able to withstand, you know, Trace going out. Today, Race Thompson gets his second foul in the first half. Michigan State immediately goes on a 7-0 run to take that lead into halftime. And that was not a coincidence. So... Credit to you because you saw that early in the season. I argued with you and you were right. Well, here's what I'll say about Trace. And, and before we get on to the race point, because I want to do this before, I want to say this before I forget. Trace Jackson Davis's ideal scenario is not to be the number one guy in an offense where everything is geared to him. His ideal scenario is to be paired with a scoring guard. Oh, 100%. The, the guard takes a lot of attention. Trace can do things like screen and roll where they have to guard the guard off of the, the role. And, you know, so uh, uh, basically like, a, you know, who would be perfect for him would be like a Jamal Murray when he was in college because he could shoot the three, but he could also drive. Wasn't unless wasn't OG gonna, Ananobi's guarding him. Yeah, well, that, there you go. Yeah, get that block <laughs> in the corner, OG. No, it, but but it's somebody like that who could screen yes. and roll was a smooth dribbler, not necessarily a true point guard, but a scoring guard who could also kind of handle the ball. 
that kind of guy would be perfect for Trace. If Trace committed to being a transition guy, rim runner, screener, cutter, roller, he can his athletic. He his could be the leading scorer. Yes. He could be the leading scorer. But he's not he's not what Cody was, where he could just no. take over a game with his back to the basket. Or even it's at times Thomas Bryant could take over a game with his back to the basket. Trace's not that guy. Trace is also only six nine. He's not a right. seven footer. You know, I mean it's a different he's not Kofi Coburn. And so he's being asked to do things. You're right, that is not perfect for him. Um the reason why I said that about race early in the season is it was very obvious. And I thought this sometimes last year and didn't really say it, that he was the most important player. I agree. Trace, Trace Jackson Davis is the best player. When you talk about talent and we talk about, you know, the volume he can, the volume numbers he can put up are simply at his best are higher than what anyone else on this team could do. And the amount of attention he takes and what he was dealing with early in the season and still rising through it. Yeah. The reason why Ray Thompson was always the most important is one, Indiana plays better when he's on the floor and always, always plays better when he's on the floor. And two, the energy and the effort that he brings and brings out of his teammates is irreplaceable on this roster. Trey Galloway does it sometimes, but as mm -hmm. he's played more, you're seeing fewer bursts of that. When he was coming off the bench, he would come in like a, with a, a rocket up his ass and everybody would wake up. Now that he's playing more, you see it in spurts, but not as much. When Race Thompson's on the floor, they play better defense. The offense starts moving in transition because he'll get a rebound and outlet it or take it up. He rotates over defensively and makes up for everybody else's deficiencies. That's why occasionally you'll see a three-point shooter open and Race is the guy running out to maybe you know try and put his arm up on him because he's helping out on everybody else so much that it's he's getting pinned down in the wash and, and winds up you know late on a closeout. He is the most important player on this team. I don't think there's any doubt. And when I said it back then, I thought it was pretty obvious, and I was surprised I got pushed back. But I get it because Trace is the All-American and the guy who gets all the attention. But you watch this team when Race Thompson is on the floor. They are better when he's on the floor. He played, you know, 30, he play, he played 33 minutes today. He played most of the big stretches of this game. And he, they lost by 15, and he was only minus six. Mm -hmm. The team plays better when he's on the floor. There's no question. And look, it, it needs to be said. You know, Trace committed to this program twice when they needed a big commitment. He, like, he's a he's a great Hoosier. You know, so uh, I, I want to just be delicate with it. This isn't meant to trash him. He does a ton for this program. And him committing to Woody is yes. part of the reason why we have this roster that we think is Absolutely. good enough to make the NCAA tournament. So this Trace isn't is a knock on very Trace important. Yeah, it's yeah. really, it's more admiration for Race and how much better he's gotten, frankly. And I think... A full realization now two and three quarters of the way into Trace's career that this role that he has for Indiana basketball is good for his counting stats, but it's not the it's not really the ideal thing for winning basketball games. But I don't you know, I don't know how you change it at this point. Um, Somebody in the chat just said that Trace Jackson Davis paired with Jaden Ivey would have been something. A hundred percent. Well, That's yeah. A, no, but that's a perfect guy yeah. for him. A guy who can yes. get off the bounce and shoot. And takes so much pressure off him and expands the floor for him and lets him, you know, play all over the court as opposed to just getting in the post and having his back to the basket. Like, you know, there's more yes. movement for him. He's an athletic guy who can move around. He doesn't really get a chance to do that and hasn't gotten a chance to do that at IU. Yep. Um, the other meaningful moment, uh, Tamar had a little stretch in the first half where he knocked down yep. a couple of big shots. Uh, and he actually finished today uh, with 13 points. I thought this was as good Best as he's looked offensively in a while. Um, You've seen he it was, bubbling. Yeah, and he You've was, but he was energetic. He was vocal. I thought he did a lot of good things today. Um, I you know, did, and, I did and too. he played 28 minutes. I mean, he was out there a lot. 
Uh, and he and should thought, he should continue to play that much if he's going to play that way with that bounce. I thought defensively he moved well. He made some mistakes, but yeah. freshman you're going to make mistakes. I thought he moved well. He was not the problem defensively. Um, honestly, I thought Parker Stewart was the biggest problem defensively. And you know what? If you need to eat into some of Parker's minutes when he's having a game like this, Bates and Cop are the guys to put out there. I think they actually would work well together. Um, and I, again, I, I don't know why Cop only played 12 today. It doesn't make any sense to me, but. I would say Bates moved really well. He took his shots confidently, stepped up, hit all of his free throws, which he's done lately. I think that he's going to start because he and Cop are the go-to free throw guys at this point. I mean, who else do you put out there? You know, maybe Lille. Um, but if you're looking for free throws, I guess Michael Durr has been pretty good from the free throw line. But <laughs> yeah. it's uh, but no, it's it, you know he and he and Cop are the are the guys. And um, but yeah, I I just think that Bates, you know, if this season starts going off the rails the way it is, you got to play him more. You got to you got to start building towards something. If this season really starts going off the rails, you got to build towards something and put him out there and and let him start to develop and get better. Yeah, you know, I thought the other moment to me, and I don't I don't really know what to make of this, and I guess I want to learn more about, you know, what happened. You know, Mike Woodson uh, got a technical today. There's that weird moment, you know, where AJ Hogard got booted from the game. From what I can tell, he was just kind of clapping. Like clearly kind of clapping to taunt Indiana, but just clapping, and I don't know, maybe he said something. Um I don't know. Maybe I'm like way too lenient about that stuff, but that certainly didn't seem like something to kick a guy out of the game for. Um, you know, maybe Mike Woodson was trying to light a fire, but it just seemed weird that he, you know, kind of went after the player. Um, and again, I, I want to take a little bit more time to think about this before I overreact. But between that, between the way X kind of came unraveled in the second half, there was a feeling. And now, you know, you go back to players getting suspended and just how the Illinois game felt like. There's a bit of an unhinged quality about what's going on with IU basketball right now over these last five games or five halves, you know, and I don't know, you know, Kenya Hunter gets the technical foul. Like there's just, there's weird things going on. Yeah. It seems it's um, not the best week for Indiana basketball. Yeah. And it, you know, I kind mean, of feels like everybody, I thought that was great. But other than that, it's been a rough, like, you know, week yeah um, so anyway i'm throwing that out there i guess i want to think about it more and maybe see if there's more backstory there but there might the be. whole the whole thing just seemed strange well, and you know the whole day and look the officiating was was brutal today and i i, I sit out there i thought that i thought it was bad a little bit both ways i thought it was more bad against indiana they're the road team that's going to happen i thought there were some calls that it, honestly michigan state could complain about as well i thought indiana had more to complain about so just to you know put that out there but i mean woodson was clearly bothered by the officiating all day and that trickled down to the team every time there was a foul call every somebody and and they had a right to be but that's the kind of thing where in the big 10 you're going to get that we know that the officiating is horrendous sorry gene steratore but it 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 is it is awful and you know you cannot react to it you cannot react to it because it's only going to get worse uh and and woodson was clearly flustered by that all day he got into it he got a technical foul then he ran out on the court and yelled at a player like i mean it, it is there is something going on here that is not right. Now, they're going to wind up having another basically weak break yeah. uh, coming up. They need after to reset. After the this. Wisconsin game. After, after the Wisconsin, Wisconsin game. game. You get you get a bye week, essentially. You need to Because the Ohio this. State game got moved, for anybody who yes. didn't hear that. Yeah. I didn't know it until yesterday. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I would say they need to recenter this season. I don't care what happens against Wisconsin. Even if you beat Wisconsin. You then have a week to prepare for your next opponent, essentially. You need to lock in. And, and let's remember, the Illinois game, and we didn't really talk about this at the time at, at the event last week because, you know, there's so much going on and everything. But they had a week to prepare for Illinois. 
and got run off their home floor. Like, that's concerning because you knew Illinois doesn't do anything fancy. They throw the ball to Kofi Coburn and they hit threes. That's what they do. You knew exactly what they were going to do. You knew that Trace Jackson Davis has problems against Kofi Coburn's size, and you didn't have any answers. And we did the same thing. stuff. Exactly. They, exactly the same thing they always do. The same thing they've done since the entire time Kofi Coburn's been in school. They did. And they smacked Indiana around. Absolutely smacked him around. You knew what to expect. You had a week to prepare. Didn't have any answers. Go to Northwestern. Obviously, you're missing guys. You only play the seven guys, I think. You have six. One's a walk-on. Struggle. But that's a game you should at least feel more. I mean, I know it was under 10 points. But that's a game that should feel more competitive than it was. It did not feel competitive in the second half. And then today, again, same things. And it's building in a negative direction. You've got to figure something out. If you beat Wisconsin at home, you can take a breath. You can absolutely take a breath and be like, okay, it's a good win. Puts us more on sound footing. And at this point, you kind of need to beat Wisconsin at home. I think you take I, I, more than a breath. I mean, you, yeah, you know, that's they need that win badly. It, and so let's say you get it. You still need that week to figure out what's going on with your team. If you lose it, you better start changing things because that's that'll be four losses in a row, two of which you definitely should have won. You know, I mean, we don't know what's going to happen in the Wisconsin game. And so I, I just, there needs to be a reckoning here at some point. And again, guys, we're talking about this season. We're not talking about the program as a whole. We're not saying the program is a dumpster fire or anything like that. We're saying this season, because we talked about at the beginning of the year, this season, you have to make the NCAA tournament. Like you absolutely have to. How do you sell recruits a program that has missed it five years in a row? And, and, if you come in and you're Mike Woodson and you're saying things are going to be better, we're going to play a more open offense, a more fun offense. That hasn't happened. Uh, you know, we're going to play more with more freedom. That's not working. You know, like you pitch all these things and the thing you're pitching is I'm going to be at the very least, I'm going to be better than the last guy. And you end up where the last guy was. That's tough to sell practically, especially when up, up the road, Purdue is a top five team most of the season. You know, like it's hard. And the other Big Ten teams around you are getting better. Illinois is going to keep stealing recruits from Indiana if they keep playing the way they are and, and keep moving up the rankings. Wisconsin, Greg Gard looks safe now. You know, he was he was a guy who came in on the hot seat. Michigan State's always going to take recruits. Okay, we all we feel bad enough. Jeez. What I'm saying, but I'm saying it's vitally <laughs> important to it make is. the tournament this year. You have to make the tournament this year. If you don't, it does set the program back. And that's why this season is so important. And that's why there's so much like, you know, it'll take time. Woody's got to get his guys. Yeah, but you got to make the tournament. I don't yes. I don't care what I don't care who he's got. You got to make the tournament. Yeah, that's, you know, taking time, getting your guys. That's to compete for a Big Ten title and yes. to like be a top 25 team. But this team should make the tournament. I agree with you. No, question. I, th th this team should make the NCAA tournament. They've shown us. Yeah. Um, all right, let's talk numbers uh, real quick because I think there's a few that are worth mentioning. Uh, this segment sponsored by the Power Rank, where our friend Ed uses data and analytics to make accurate football and college basketball predictions. And Ed has an annual March Madness guide uh, that if you want to win your NCAA tournament pool, you absolutely should get. We're going to have a special offer for you once March rolls around. Uh, and we're going to do actually a special session with Ed so you can get some of his best March picks. Um, but if you want sports betting advice with a PhD edge, or if you just like understanding sports at a more analytical level, uh, you should definitely subscribe to his newsletter. So go to thepowerrank.com slash AC to subscribe. That's thepowerrank.com slash AC. 
Um, you know, Ryan, coming into this game, I thought there was one stat in particular that was really going to tell the story, and that was going to be three-point shooting for Indiana. Um, because to beat Michigan out. State, it's been pretty clear. You know, you got to make threes uh, to beat them because they're probably going to make some. Today, they only made seven. You know, they were seven of 20, uh, 35%. I think coming into the game, you probably would take that. You know, they're a team that has shot 38% on the year, although the 35 is better than they've shot recently. Uh, and for Indiana, they started out well. You know, they hit two early threes. Uh, you know, then tomorrow, you know, knocked down another one. But in the second half, they couldn't buy one. And so, you know, on one the one hand, I'm I'm half. pleased that they took 21 because I've been hoping to see them take more. But there was also a stretch there in the second half where it was like four or five straight possessions where the ball never got inside. You know, it, it just it, they were just flat footed threes. Flat footed threes. The base yeah. had no chance of going in. So we Nobody need to take them. But we also need to get better ones. And Indiana goes 5 of 21. And if you had told me that we were going to go 5 for 21 from 3, I would have said we have no chance. We're probably going to lose by 10. We ended I up losing by to... 50. What? Well, I said before the game, I texted you. said we have to hit at least 8. Yeah. To, to have a yeah. Chance. I thought the number was 7. Either way, we need more than 5. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, now what would have helped is you get to the free throw line 27 times, make more than 59% of them when your opponent makes 89%. You know, that's, you know, that difference in three-point shooting and free-throw shooting in a lot of ways was the game, you know. And so for as bad as Indiana played offensively uh, and, you know, and in other areas of the game, you know, I think, you know, look, Michigan State was 15 to 20 points better than Indiana. Don't get me wrong. Easily. But if Indiana just makes some free throws and hits some threes, it's a different game. The problem, again, of course, is the quality of shots. Michigan State's threes were higher quality than Indiana's were, and Michigan State is a better free-throw shooting team than Indiana is, and so it should surprise nobody that those numbers went as they did. They didn't need to go that badly, but you know that really shouldn't be a surprise. So to me, those are the two most important numbers, and you know the other important number I thought was four fouls for Xavier Johnson um, because I thought Xavier Johnson played pretty well early in the game. Uh, he played pretty well at the start of the second half, but when he got those fouls calls. called on him, they are ticky tack, you know. But some of them are not. But, smart. but Xavier needs to realize that he's a bit of a target, and so yep. you don't have to conspicuously go body up against a guy. You know, like court. you do stuff like that. Sometimes you're going to get the call, even if it is ticky tack. And so he does bring some of that stuff, you know, on himself. And he got a little bit unhinged, and you know he had three assists in the first like eight minutes of the game. He finished with four. You know, he had a couple of shots early. He finished with seven. He has to play better. Yep. So we've praised X a lot, but something I don't know. The you know, team, something the quality. Something, like here's the thing, and and here's the thing. And with Rob Finney hurt, obviously this is coming out of necessity to some degree. But we've talked about Trey Galloway is not a point guard. No. He can drive. He can. He's do a good some secondary playmaker. He is not a point guard, and so when you lose X and you have to have Trey Galloway running the point, we love Trey. Trey, what he did at Northwestern, incredible effort and everything. But he's not a point guard. He's not going to create for everybody else the way that that Xavier Johnson can. So that's the drop off, and X has to know that he has to know just how important he is to this team, especially at this point of the season. Yep. Uh, number for me, uh, four of twelve, four of ten on layups. Michigan State was ten of fourteen. Uh, with Trace Jackson Davis, you points in the paint twenty four. Michigan State twenty two. You didn't have an advantage there, you know, and that's where Indiana is going to have to have its advantage because they can't shoot. And then, yeah, I thought the the free throw stats, as you said, were you know they they hit eighty nine percent of their free throws and shot twenty eight. They got twenty five points at the free throw line. 
And it's free points you're giving away. Uh, the officials handed them some of those, but at the same time, you know, you got to play to the officials. Um, and from the field, you know, 33.9% from the field as a team. That's just, it's not good enough. I mean, you got, you got to, you got to take better shots. Um, and also, you know, 0.884 points per possession uh, for the day. I mean, I'm not, I'm not an advanced stat guy as all of you know, and I know some of you aren't, but let's just say that's bad. So there you go. You know, Bart has a, had a good comment here when I was talking about X, he said, Jared, you've said this before. He is what he is. Look, you know, bringing X in with his history at Pittsburgh of getting technical fouls and, you know, having issues there, obviously it was always going to be a bit of a roller coaster. And we did, I think, get a little bit comfortable there with that stretch in Big Ten play where he really started to play well. But, you know, that's the thing. We kind of talk about things coming unhinged. You're starting to see it in him, too. And his play is backsliding. He wasn't available against Northwestern. Um, you know, he obviously didn't play well enough against Illinois, and today was really poor. And so if Indiana's going to beat Wisconsin, they've got to get, I mean, they got to get a lot of things on track, but they got to get Xavier Johnson back on track somehow. Um, you were going to need him even if Rob Finnessy was healthy because Rob's offense is so up and down. Um, yeah. But you I mean, really, I, I saw a lot you of really need today. X to get going now. I saw a lot of people th- today saying like, oh, if only we had Rob. I'm like, you don't know that changes anything. I mean, like, help. It would help. Certainly it would help. But I mean, you know, offensively, like I would say like the offense is stagnant. Oh, we need Rob. What are you talking about? <laughs> like, you'd be great. I mean, no, what Rob is going to do is he's going to help you double down on your strength, which is your defense. Yeah. You know, and for sure. Absolutely. I agree with that. Uh, one thing, I, uh, one more uh, number that I thought was important was race Thompson. 14 rebounds is a career high. So, yeah. I thought I thought there was a stretch in the second half where he just absolutely owned the glass. Didn't matter if the ball was near him or what he was going to get. It was Rodman like. It was crazy. It he was. was he was just, he was coming out of nowhere. Yes. Like, this was a snag. rebounding clinic. Yes. And it, you know, you know, it just I, absolutely I, swallow him up too. No loose tips or anything. And you know, I gotta say, I mean, this this means the difference between race and trace. You know, Ray, Trace played 34 minutes, race played 33. Trace had five rebounds, race had 14. And most of Trace's rebounds are ones that just came right to him. Yep. You know, there you were a couple he grabbed. There was he had one, he had one he play, I think, where he kind of came flying in on an offensive rebound and scored. It was more in the second half because he was much more active in the second half. Yes. Agreed but Indiana is not going to win games on the road when Trace is not going 100% or, or, you know, given that full energy in the first half. And it just didn't feel like he had it. He got it well, back in the second half some, but it didn't ultimately make a difference. You're going to get if this team is going to get out rebounded on the road, the way it did today, 39, 34, I mean, that's, that's relatively close uh, considering how many bad missed shots Indiana had. And the fact that Michigan yeah. state just doesn't allow offensive rebounds very often. Um, if you're going to get re- out rebounded that you got to make a ton of shots because you're not going to get, you got to get your opportunity somewhere and you got to make a ton of shots and they just didn't make shots today. Yep. Uh, all right. Let's keep uh, moving forward here. Coming up on the assembly call, we're going to hand out our game balls and Hoosier Hustle Award. Uh, But more important than that, we're going to talk about some lingering questions facing this team down the stretch with a huge, huge game coming against Wisconsin. That's next on the assembly call. Stick with us. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, The best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. 
So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This episode is brought to you by Philo. Do you love TV? Do you love saving money? Then Philo is your solution. Philo has shows, movies, and live TV for just $25 a month. You can even try it for free with their seven-day free trial. No contracts, no commitments, no hassles, just a better way to watch TV. Never miss a minute of shows like the hit docuseries Where is Wendy Williams or classics such as Friends. If you can't get enough TV, then there's no better way to watch. Philo has more than 70 channels like BET, MTV, and AMC. And the best part? You can try it yourself with their seven-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash poppods. That's P-H-I-L-O dot TV slash P-O-P-P-O-D-S to get 50% off your first month. It's Ethan Happ, and I never listen to the assembly call, especially the episodes that Ryan is on. Thanks, Ethan. You're listening to the Assembly Call IU postgame show. Catch us live immediately following every IU basketball game, even the bad ones, plus every Thursday night at our website, assemblycall.com. And make sure that you sign up for our free IU Hoops email newsletter. We're getting close to 10,000 people on that list, so make sure you subscribe. It's join.assemblycall.com. That's join.assemblycall.com. I am Jared Morris. I'm here with Ryan Phillips. Uh, I think we've kept things relatively civil today. I even gave Ryan credit. So if you were coming looking for a fight, uh, uh, a really bad loss seems to have brought us together onto a uh, common ground, which, uh, not sure that that's the, those are the terms on which I want to find common ground. Uh, but here we are. Uh, <laughs> so it's time for game balls. This will be a very quick segment. Race Thompson wins the game ball. Uh, Ryan, yeah. would you like to say any other words about race Thompson? <laughs> Cause I he was, was great. Right about, I was always right about race Thompson since he was in <laughs> high school. Uh, this is exactly what we thought he could be. We thought he could maybe shoot a little bit more, and he's starting to show that a little bit. I wish that would have that skill would have been developed at some point over the last few years, but I digress. Um, yeah, just a great, great showing from Race. Is 13 points, 14 rebounds. Um, he had a block, three steals. Uh, minus six was for the starters, I think it was like, well, no, Cop was plus one, actually. Didn't play much, but plus one. Um, Interesting. Yeah. <clears throat> Uh, so yeah, race, I mean, you know, just, I, I thought he was Indiana's best player. I think he's been Indiana's best player for the last few games. Um, I just, yeah, I, I there's nothing that you run out of things to say about him because he just, every game he brings it like few in college basketball, every game, he absolutely brings it. And, you know, we've seen that from him for years now. And it's, it's painfully obvious that this team would be lost without it. I don't even want to think about that. <clears throat> I really do not. Uh, okay, next up, it is time for... The Hoosier Real Hustle Award! Time for the Hoosier Hustle Award, sponsored by our friends at Evansville Security Services, which is based in the hometown of IU legend Calvert Chaney. Evansville Security Services provides off-duty police officers to businesses and individuals throughout Indiana. Remember that prevention cannot be measured, so let Evansville Security Services help you Prevent a bad outcome today. Go to evansvillesecurityservices.com to learn more. 
That's EvansvilleSecurityServices.com. Maybe we should use them for curfew check. Hire Evansville Security Services. Keep guys, keep Take guys inside. <laughs> we can make jokes about it now, right? Um, oh, yeah, great. Just, I'm happy about it. Yeah, I mean, you know. Hey, the way this February is going, jokes may be all we have. So I know. <laughs> Can't wait for uh, the offseason, Jared. These those shows are going to be a blast with this. The way this hey, is going. Come on, let's let's be positive here. Um, Hustle Award certainly you could give it to race, but we don't like to double up. So I'm going no, with we tomorrow. Don't double up. Um, going and with and tomorrow look, well. here's the thing. I thought I thought there was a lot of hustle today. Actually, um, you know, I know I've criticized Trace. I thought for you know for not running as hard as I'd like to see him run in the first half. One I thought thing he I want to say more Trace. in the second half. But Trace coming out slowly didn't surprise me at all because he played like 39 minutes against Northwestern. Now, should still be able to get up for a game like this against a ranked opponent, come out stronger. But it's not it's not totally shocking that some of the guys looked a little worn down today and they have their teammates to blame for that. So, um, yeah, though they came out, I, like I will give him a shot out of a cannon. I mean, they played great yeah. at the start of the second half, you know, yes, so and I, I let, you know, guys played hard, you know, like Xavier Johnson struggled and came unhinged there, but he was playing hard. Trey Galloway played hard again. Yeah. I think it is much more at times when maybe there's defeated body language or some of that stuff is basketball is hard when you don't have answers offensively. You know, coaches talked about that a lot. We've talked about that a lot. You know, and so sometimes that kind of frustration manifests itself in, you know, like just either you're indecisive and so you're overthinking and not moving as fast or you're just a little bit frustrated. And I think, you know, when your offense is struggling that badly, I think you have to allow for a little bit of that with college players, especially. But I thought in a lot of ways, the guys fought through it some today. I don't think they lost today because of effort. I think they lost today because they don't have answers offensively. You know, and that's hard. It's really hard to win on the road. So I, I, I want to be clear about that. And so I think there's actually a few different ways that you could go. But, you know, I want to single out Tamar. I thought, you know, I think for a lot of us watching how the team responded today, especially the guys who were suspended, was going to be really interesting. You know, Parker Stewart didn't respond that well. Uh, X overall didn't respond that well. Um, you know, we saw a little bit of Michael Durr. We saw a little bit of Christian Lander. Not enough to make a judgment. But I thought Tamar was, responded really well. Yep. You know, the we've been seeing the offense start to come, you know, and people are like, you know, you keep picking them to click and, and all this stuff. It's like you're starting to see it. You can see his confidence coming back. He just hasn't made shots. And today he made some shots. And Stephen Bardo, who we love to criticize, I thought had a great point. He was like, Tamar Bates is going to be one of the guys that we're talking about next year in the Big Ten as one of the better wings. I think that is a perfectly fair statement. Tamar can be that we've been guy. Saying that. Yeah, we've he can be that, that guy. You know, and, you know, if we're looking, okay, what can change the narrative for this team now moving forward? Well, if Tamar Bates is going to start giving you 13 points off the bench, Indiana's going to win some games down the stretch. You know, they're not going to be playing Michigan State in Breslin every game, you know, down the stretch. So if Tamar can be one of the answers offensively, that's really big for this team. And we talked about that as far back as October, that that was part of the formula for this team making an NCAA tournament and finishing in the top half of Big Ten play. It hasn't, we haven't seen it in the numbers and the production, but we've started to see it in the action on the court for the last few weeks. And today the action finally resulted in made shots and production. So I give Tamar credit. I thought he really bounced back and did some good things today uh, when he was on the court. I agree. I, I think it was a positive. We've talked about it. I think that he had a really nice game. I thought he had a really nice bounce to him. And uh, I think this is a guy who needs to take advantage of these next few weeks, really needs to take advantage of these next few weeks, because I think there's plenty of time to be had. I mean, if 
I, I don't think Parker Stewart's going to play as much as he did unless he's hitting a bunch of shots. Uh, so there's 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 room and, and, and spots to make up, uh, you know, move up the depth chart, um, you know, down the stretch here because they need some offensive punch and he provided it. Yeah. Um, all right. So as we look ahead to the schedule, Indiana plays Wisconsin on Tuesday. That is a very, very important game. Obviously, you know, Indiana played Wisconsin well uh, in the first game, up by 22 at halftime, ended up losing by five. You know, and Wisconsin is, you know, they're a number two seed, or they were before today in some people's brackets, you know, top 10 and a lot of top 25s. They're 36th in Ken Palm, and they have one of the highest luck ratings in college basketball. And I say that to say this, winning games is what matters. So I'm not trying to take anything away from them for winning games, and I think in part, they win games because they have a great player in Johnny Davis. They have a guy in Brad Davison who's been around forever and hate him as you know many of us do for some of the stuff he does on the court. The he worst. also makes winning plays. He is, he is, but he also makes winning plays. But what I mean is, Wisconsin can be had. They're playing close games, and so if you can <laughs> make the plays down the stretch against them, as you know, Rutgers beat them by eight today. So there is no excuse, really, for as important as this game is. You're on your home court. Wisconsin is good but not great. Indiana should win this game. If things are different for this program and if they're truly going to take care of home court, and this is a team that's going to make the NCAA tournament, you win this game. I'm not saying it's totally over if they don't because you're still going to have opportunities to get wins after it. But I'm going to feel a whole lot less confident if they don't. I think this is you, today's game. There was a path for Indiana to play really well today and still lose. Yeah. They didn't. You know, but this was always going to be tough to come away with a win. You have got to find a way to win Tuesday night, especially with today's result. You know, there's got to be just a sense of desperation and kind of putting all chips into the middle of the table to win this game. Fans have to bring it too. So it's really big. You know, I can't say that I'm fully confident after what I've seen for the last five halves. I will talk myself into confidence by the time Tuesday rolls around, <laughs> you know, but there's plenty of reason to be concerned, but they got to come out and win it. Really, like it's just there. That's the bottom line on this one. There's no, hey, we played well. There's this bright spot. You have to win this basketball game, hands down. So, 100%. you know, and really, they just need to do the same things they did up there in the first half. And you know, if Wisconsin adjusts, be more solid, make more shots, and don't panic like they did uh, in the second half at Wisconsin. Um, and then the Ohio State game got moved. Ohio State and Iowa had to make up a game. They're making up the game on Saturday. That game got pushed. To Monday. Uh, so Indiana is going to be off from Tuesday to Monday. And the best part about that news is that means that Mark Titus can join us for the postgame show. So Mark will be joining us yeah. for the Ohio State game postgame show, which is always fun. Um, you know, and that'll be that's going to be a tough one because it's at Ohio State. It's another opportunity to get a win. But again, you got to take care of your home game against Wisconsin. That game is now huge. It's there's no technical must wins, but that's really as close to a must win as you're going to have. Yep. Um, for this Especially team with at this, what's, at this what's remaining on the schedule, you know? Yeah. I mean, so let's, let's be real, Jared. I mean, it's worth, it's worth noting this. You, you got hammered by Michigan. Then you came out and you beat Penn state, did what you had to do against Penn state one by 17 at home. You went on the road and one by 13 at Maryland. You were 16 and five and seven and four in the big 10 with a huge opportunity on your home floor against Illinois. The season hinged could have go one of two ways at that point. You beat Illinois. You're looking like, hey, we have a shot at a Big Ten title here. I know. That's what we said. Like, we're in reach of a Big Ten title. 
and they've lost three in a row and not look good in any of them. You know, and so you go from 16 and five, seven and four to 16 and eight, seven and seven. If you lose to Wisconsin and Ohio State, you're seven and nine in the Big Ten and 16 and 10 overall. And that's five losses in a row. And you have two sub-100 games coming up after that that you might win, Maryland and Minnesota, but who knows where this team is at if they lose five. So this is, you know, when we talk about what a big deal this stretch is and what a big deal the previous stretch has been the first, the last three games, you say, oh, well, they lost to this one because Illinois is really good and and Michigan State's great on its home floor and Northwestern, they're missing fight. You got to find a way to win some of these games. Everybody's got adversity. Everybody faces adversity, especially in the Big Ten. You have to find a way to win the games. I don't care. I don't care how you do it. I don't care if, I mean, uh, Purdue, the Purdue game, let's be real, it looked like at the end they were going to lose. Then Rob Finzi hits a shot out of nowhere. You won the game. That's all that matters. You yes. Know, the, last, the last eight minutes of that game, you go back and watch it, it did not look good for Indiana. But you made the shot. You won the game. Who cares? Forget the, forget the bad stuff. Yeah. But you have to find a way to win some of these games, and, and they're not doing it. And, and they don't do the little things the teams that win games do. And so that has to turn around right now. There is there has to be urgency or else you're going to be stuck trying to win games in the Big Ten tournament to to get into the tournament. And and let's be real. That's that's never been a good thing for this program. Not a great recipe. (laughs) No, it is not a great recipe Um, in the first matchup against Wisconsin. Trace Jackson Davis had nine points and six rebounds. He's going to have to be better, Um, you know, and this is a Wisconsin team that is um, just let me pull up their numbers real quick Um, in conference play they are uh, ninth in the conference in two-point field goal percentage defense uh, and they are dead last in block percentage so that you know this Wisconsin team now they're you know rock solid on defense like they always are and sometimes Trace you know will have trouble with that but this is not like Kofi Coburn. This is not like Marcus Bingham and Julius Marble. Trace has got to bring it Tuesday night. You know, if he wants to be that guy and that leader and all Big Ten and all those different things, like enough's enough. He's got to bring it, you know, for both halves. Uh, and he should be able to score even in the post against this against Wisconsin. Um, so I think that's going to be, that's going to be big. Um, and, and obviously everybody's going to have to play big and he has going to need to make shots. Xavier Johnson is going to need to be solid, uh, and whatever, I don't know, whatever kind of weird vibe is going on, uh, with this team, they got to shake it off and come together for those 40 minutes and win that game. Uh, any other lingering questions for, I mean, there's tons of lingering questions, but I mean, I kind of feel like I, I, here's the other lingering question that I have for you. One guy that we haven't talked about a lot uh, is Jordan Geronimo in this game. And, you know, he didn't make a huge impact on this game. He played nine minutes, three points, three boards, three turnovers, three personal fouls, a lot of threes for Jordan Geronimo. He seems really frustrated to me over the last, like, four, I don't know, four, five, six games. Like there, there was always kind of a joy and enthusiasm that he played with, and that's gone. You remember the like the shouting match that he got in with Coach Woodson? I yes. don't remember what game that was. Something Illinois, just felt, wasn't it? What? Who it was Illinois? it? Was it Illinois? No, it was before that. No, it was before Illinois. Yeah, but he's there's something I don't know. Something just feels a little bit off about him, and I think his, you know, he's a really important guy um, for this team. Now he's you know he still plays hard. He gets his rebounds when he comes in there. Um, but there's, you know, something about him that just feels like it's drifted a bit 
from the 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 better play that we saw maybe toward the middle part of the season. Um, and he's I think he's an important guy. Like he and Tamar are two guys who can really change the complexion of what happens. Because that was another big thing today. You know, Michigan State got a lot off its bench. Malik Hall was awesome. I don't know why he yeah. doesn't play more. Um, you know, and and Indiana didn't get much off the bench outside of Tamar. You know, and Jordan Geronimo really get anything outside of the bench. Yeah, and Jordan Geronimo is not, you know, I, I think he's not really gonna be a guy that you're gonna count on for a lot of shooting and a lot of scoring, but he can get you, you know, garbage points and hustle points. And some of those things. And so I, I think I've noticed, getting his spark noticed, back, I think, would be important. Yeah, and Geronimo, I've noticed getting getting really, really aggravated at foul calls. Uh, yes. And that happened against Northwestern, obviously, because, you know, uh, there were some things that happened there. But today, he was every foul call. He was like, what did I do? And part of it is he's an undersized guy guarding bigger guys. And he's going to be in physical battles and they're going to call him when he's in a physical battle because he's, you know, the younger guy. I mean, it's going to happen. So I've just noticed, yeah, some frustration. You're absolutely right about that, but you need his energy. You absolutely need his energy. You know, and I think the only other thing that we should mention, we haven't talked a ton about Trey Galloway today. Um, Not his best game. No, and we were all clamoring for him to start and he did. And I think it was a good decision. And I think the impact that Trey has isn't always going to be captured in the stats, but he's got to be better than 1.0 for six from the field and three assists in 31 minutes. You know, he, he did some good things on defense. He's going to give you the Trey Galloway stuff that he always does, you know, 0 for three from downtown. But as he steps in empty 31 minutes, I mean, yeah, I mean, as he steps into a more prominent role, his contributions aren't bonuses anymore. You know, if he's going to be a starter, he's going to have to produce in those minutes. So, you know, I think, it's fair to still be a little bit patient with him as he's a young guy coming on, stepping into a new role in a tough environment, but you're going to need more production. I mean, you just, you can't, you know, we've come on here and criticized Parker Stewart and Miller cop when they've struggled to produce and train his first game as a starter, wasn't really able to produce. I absolutely would keep him in the starting lineup. I think you have to, you have to split Parker and Miller cop up just lineups, just work better. Um, But you're going to have to get more production from Trey. And so hopefully with another game under his belt, you know, being back home against Wisconsin, um, I think you'll see a better game uh, from him. Agreed. But he struggled today. Yeah. All right. Is there anything else that we need to talk about? Uh, Ken Palm updated. Do you really do you want to know? I looked. You can tell him uh, if you want to. Adjusted offensive efficiency is all I care about. 112th now. Uh, Archie Miller's four seasons. We've been talking about comparing the offenses. Uh, Archie was 92nd in 2018, 82nd in 2019, 65th in 2020, and 70th in 2021. So Woodson's offense in his first year is 20 spots lower than Archie's worst in his four years at Indiana. That's that's rough because uh, we, we hated Archie's offense. I mean, we complained about it all the time. And so when we're talking about a stagnant offense that isn't doing much, we're not just flapping our gums, guys. It's it's really bad, like really, really bad. And I think they're 12th in the Big Ten in offensive efficiency, which not good, not not good. Um, not number good. one in defense, but you can't win if you can't score. So tempo were ninth, and that was supposed to be a big thing this year was to get more tempo. You know, so, you and yeah. Coach love to come on here and just toss out all your praise for Purdue and how wonderful Purdue is. Our offense is still ranked higher than their defense. So we got that going for us. Just, That's not bad. It's good. <laughs> now, that their painter, offense is number one. <laughs> but just, just want to throw that out there. 
Um, by the way, I just saw on Twitter, uh, Xavier Johnson tweeted, uh, RIP grandpa with a broken heart emoji. Uh-huh. Um, so that is obviously sad news and, sad news. you know, thoughts with this. No. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know the story there. Um, but yeah, thoughts to X and his family. And it is a reminder that sometimes we don't know what's going on with guys off the court, you know, and if his, if this came out of the blue, uh, if, you know, if his grandpa had been sick and that had been weighing on his mind, who knows? Um, but we got to remember that when we come on here and we get frustrated and all these things that these are college guys that, uh, sometimes are dealing with a lot of things that we have no idea about. Um, yeah. so we, al- we always need to hold out space, I think for empathy and patience, uh, and to be supportive. We want to come on here and critique basketball always. Um, but you know, let's have these guys backs too when they need us. And clearly, um, X is going to be going through a rough time. So our thoughts to him and our thoughts to his family for sure. Um, were there any uh, quotes from Woodson? I didn't even look. I haven't seen. All right. So I guess we'll talk about those some other time. Uh, so we will be back Tuesday for the Wisconsin game. Then we got AC radio on Thursday and then, uh, then Monday, any, anything special folks need to know about your Super Bowl coverage coming up that people should be paying uh, attention to or they can support you? Spend the day uh, checking out uh, thebiglead.com, at thebiglead on Twitter, and at Rumors and Rants on Twitter. I will be probably 10 a.m. till about 2 a.m. Pacific time. So what's that? 1 Eastern until like 5 a.m. Uh, Eastern. So there you go, folks. Uh, You're going to be in the airplane lavatory, like on your laptop doing that, or you can actually be able to sit at a table. (laughs) There's books back here. I can prove it. I should open it up make it look like less like an airplane bathroom. Uh, I will be uh, floating around. I will be at my parents' house for the first half, I think, and I'll be at where I'm living now uh, for the second half. So we'll see, because that I can kind of shut up and shut everything up and focus and concentrate, but um, should be a good one. Um, I have, uh, decided I'm rooting for the Rams. Um, are you really? Cause I want, okay. Well, if they win, it's bad for the chargers. So that's really where I'm at. I love Joe. I love Joe Burrow. If he wins the super bowl, I'd be very happy. I have been on that guy for a long time. I love his, uh, I love what he does. Love his swagger. Um, he's going to be, I think he's the best young quarterback in the NFL. And I think he's going to be a superstar for a long time. It reminds me of Tom, young Tom Brady. Um, but I, I, yeah, if the Rams win, it kind of buries the Chargers even more in LA. So if you're neutral and you like me, root for the Rams. Give, give <laughs> send some good vibes to the Rams away. All right. Root for the Rams. Root um, for the Rams. Joe Burrow will get another chance, I think. He will. He will. Uh, okay, that is going to do it for us. If you want to see us do the show live and be part of the live chat, make sure that you subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash assemblycall. And don't forget to go to join.assemblycall.com to join our free email newsletter. Special thank you to Bob Thompson for the music that you hear on the show. And special thanks to John Ringer of Rig Design for designing our logo. And thank you, as always, for listening. We will be back to talk with you Tuesday night after IU Wisconsin. Until then. Take it from me, native Hoosier Mark Titus. Keep your elbows in and your eyes on the rim. And go Hoosiers. Thank you. Thanks for coming out. So it's all about shooting. It is all about shooting. It is all about shooting. That's that. So that's people have been asking me like, and, and on Twitter, people have been saying, well, they can't shoot. So what do you, how do you expect to win? So like, well, they also haven't gotten better. I mean, we also, we have guys who can make shots. Yeah. Like, our percentage is actually like, better. I'm just not taking it. it, it 
goodness. And here's the thing is that like, so people have been saying, well, Woods is only working for him for three quarters of a season. It's like, no, he was on campus in April. Like, you know, I mean, they've, they've had time to develop guys and make them better. They haven't. Sure, it's early. It's certainly early. I, I, you know, again, we're talking about this season. We're not talking about the program as a whole. Uh, that's what we do our Thursday night show. We talk about the issues with the program as a whole. Um, but it is concerning that a lot of these guys haven't gotten better at free throws. They haven't gotten better at three-point shooting. They haven't gotten better at a lot. I mean, who's who's gotten markedly better uh, from last year? I mean, you see Xavier Johnson. I think he's gotten better in season. Race Thompson. Race has. Race, race has, but race was always pretty damn good. They just didn't let him do a lot of things. You know what I mean? Like, I do think he's gotten better, certainly. Um, but it's incremental. You haven't seen – there's been nobody – the light bulb hasn't gone on for anybody where they're just like, oh, way better. There's nobody that stepped up and surprised us this year. I think Geronimo uh, has been largely a ball of energy like he used to be. He's just getting more opportunities this year. Um, I don't. I don't know. I like. I just. I don't. I look at this and I don't see any big improvements. Galloway's better. Like he, but he's. You know, he's just not making the same mistakes he made last year. He's he's reined those in a little bit, but you still see it sometimes. He's not hitting shots. You know. Um, that was the thing that needed to improve for him. He always had the energy and he always had the ability to drive. He's a little more disciplined defensively, but Trey Galloway's shooting is the biggest swing skill for this program over the next two hundred percent. I agree. He could be an he's going to be the player. leader of this program. He's he could be an all Big Ten player if he can knock yes. down thirty percent of his three pointers. He's got to be able to make shots, and he can't. It, it lifts all the other things that he does for you. Yep. If he can come in and be a double digit scorer and be a threat to shoot, yeah. Yeah, I don't know, man. I I, uh, I don't know. I don't know. What, I don't know what's next. I really don't know what's next for this program. I, I don't. Um, you know, I. Could, I mean, we gotta, you know, Woody wasn't was never going to exercise all the demons. You know, so I think we not. do need to be fair in the criticism, and you sure. can't always and you can't always just say like, wait for the guy to get his own guys. We probably aired too much on the side of that with Archie. I would say yes, I, because I there were agree. red flags we early. There. I think we did learn a lesson now. We can't overcorrect. Um, you know, we can't overcorrect, but there are he was never gonna exercise all the demons, but there are things where it almost feels like we're not trying to find answers, you know, and that's yes. I think, the, the frustrating part. It's like you're we're running content this, to keep doing these same things, and that's just like you're running you know, at the some same point, guys out there to run the same offense. And yeah, you know, and at some point, even if you have your guys or other guys you know, do you have an ethos of creativity and we're going to, you know, try new stuff and we're going to put guys in new roles and we're going to really try and maximize this group. It can't just be, well, we've got these guys and these roles at the beginning of the year and we're just going to bang our heads in, into the wall all the way until March and make the best of that. If it's not working, maybe you shuffle up roles. Maybe you do different things, you know, maybe you try to post race more to take advantage of his matchups on the block and you let Trace be the cutter, the screener, the rim runner you know, and sell it to him on, look, this is not working against some of these bigger teams. We want you to get your numbers, but you're going to get them in transition and cutting because people can't stay with you. Yep. Kofi Coburn can't stay with you if you're moving all over the court, but he'll dominate you if you're trying to back him down on the block. So yeah. anyway, you know, we're at the point in the season now where we're saying the same crap over and over again on every show. And I hate that. Yeah, you know, uh, we, we need some fresh material back to the last four years. <laughs> I know. There were literally guys and you don't know this because you don't hear us before we come on air. There were literally times 
during Archie's tenure where I would be Jared and Andy would be on and I I'd pop on and be like, can we just run last week's show? Cause it was, it's the exact same, like, you know, we'll just, and then just occasionally like do a voiceover, like, yeah, they should be Michigan. Like, you know, it's it, because <laughs> yeah. it was just a different team with the exact same results and, and the exact same. This we're would not, be we're like, not quite there yet. You know, this is three no, games. No, no, it's three games not. and they've got a huge opportunity against Wisconsin. So, you know, we've we've gone down the rabbit hole of this frustrating loss, and that's fine. You know, this is what we do. But they can they can I mean they can turn everything back around with a win against Wisconsin. Like really, you can. It's a huge opportunity. Well, it's actually a, a necessity now, but they've got to figure out a way on Tuesday. Have to, have to, have to. All right, well, let's get out of here. Talk Wisconsin on Tuesday. Yeah, uh, I think that I will be on that show. Um, I'm still again trying to figure out life, uh, where you know everything. So we can get you a uh, mic, I think, man. Yeah, I mean the problem with the mics is the mics. I have a mic. I just don't have a stand or anywhere to put it. You know what I mean? You don't have a desk to attach the boom no, arm to. Not you mean? Right now. We're, I mean, you could get. You, we could get you a, like a desk, a desktop tripod. That might help. Okay. Yeah, maybe that's, I mean, maybe that's what we need to do. Um, but this is all technical and we're really entertaining these people. Um, no, it's... No, uh, we need to give people answers because your audio isn't as good and your rants, this is prime rant season. I want okay. I want crystal clear audio. Okay. Um, <laughs> is it bad? I don't even know. Like, is it, it's not just bad. Not, it's not, it's not bad. It's just not good. Nah. Right? So it's um, like... Yeah. No, I know. I'm using a computer audio. It sucks. Um... But yeah, we need to do something, but uh, I don't have a desk to work at right now. Uh, I can't bring one to the place I'm at because the room is too small. So it, uh, and then the ones at my parents' house just aren't conducive to it. I tried every single one to, to try and fit it and it just, it's not going to work. So um, we're trying to figure, figure stuff out. Maybe we'll just hire someone to stand over you. With yeah, a with a boom. Mic. Yeah. I'll get my dad. Can we get, can we, can we kick him a little salary? Yeah. Will he, just, will he stand there for like an yeah. hour and 15 minutes? Your mom's just like feeding him bites of delicious food to Pretty give fun. him energy. <laughs> uh, All right. Yeah. On that note, let's get on with our Saturdays. Saturday, right? Yeah. Saturday. Yeah. It's still Saturday. This, this was a long one, but it's still Saturday. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thanks for being with us. We will see you all later. See you Tuesday. See you, man.